You're listening to the Better for America podcast, presented by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Hello, everybody. I'm Rebecca Weber with AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, and this is the Better for America podcast. And I'm excited today to uh, speak to you with a video. Uh, so many people here in the studio in New York had said that, uh, Rebecca, you ought to show people your face. So here's my face. Um, <laughs> having said that, I just want to remind people that if you haven't uh, renewed your AMAC membership, or if you're not a member currently, go to our website at amac.us and join AMAC. We are the fastest growing conservative organization in America, representing all Americans, but especially those 50 and older. And I'll be bringing to you each and every week some great commentary from some very important people. Today, I'm excited uh, that we'll be interviewing Ben Ferguson. Uh, for those of you who don't know Ben Ferguson, he does a lot of work with AMAC. He's a great patriot. And at the very young age of 18, I'm sorry, 13, uh, ben Ferguson became the youngest radio talk show host in the country and the youngest nationally syndicated host at 20. Uh, Ferguson is an American table, uh, table, uh, American cable vision uh, talk show host. He frequently appears on CNN. Uh, so we'll talk to Ben Ferguson a little bit later, but I want to talk to the listeners today about Pennsylvania. Um, we've got to keep an eye on Pennsylvania. You know, so many people don't feel that uh, Trump has a chance. Even those who voted for Donald Trump are tired and, quite frankly, emotionally exhausted because they're not seeing... Here, they're hearing a lot of sound bites, uh, but they're not hearing a lot of the truth. And of course, we know that mainstream media is doing a great job at suppressing the truth. So I just want to read to some of you what Levin had said on his Sunday show. Uh, Levin said that many ballots that would not have been counted today were counted. Okay, he references these ballots that 14 months ago, Levin says, would not have been counted, but they were counted today. And Mark Levin says that they were all counted in Pennsylvania because of unconstitutional and illegal changes that were made by officials and that they should not have been counted. Now, we understand that Josh Shapiro is the attorney general of Pennsylvania, and we know that he's a Democrat. So when Ben Ferguson joins us, I will be asking Ben what he thinks Trump's chances are of still winning. Is there a true pathway? Is there going to be enough proof uh, that persuades the uh, Supreme Court to take a look at this? Um, much of America is being kept in the dark. We know that. We're being kept in the dark. Mainstream media is not bringing you the news that you deserve to hear. And that is one reason why we have decided, all of here at AMAC, to uh, get out our voice because we are representing our almost 2.4 million members. Again, visit our website at amac.us for the great uh, original content and news articles that we have on our site. Let me read to you more a little bit what Mark Levin has said. Uh, he detailed multiple decisions by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Okay, and this is uh, Mark Levin's words. He says, what we see here is fraud perpetrated against the people of Pennsylvania, against the American people, and the electoral college process by politicians who violated the Constitution repeatedly, 
who violated the rule of law by a rogue state Supreme Court. Mr. Levin said that unless the U.S. Supreme Court, as it did in the Bush v. Gore, exercises legitimacy and legitimately exercises its power of judicial review, we have a potential constitutional crisis in this matter, and one way or another, Congress will have to resolve it on January 6th. Now, we did hear the president also say that we should be watching for some what I thought he said was explosive information to be revealed in the coming days. So AMAC will continue to report on this information. And what are the Republicans arguing, really? Well, they're arguing that Act 77, and you can go ahead and Google this, they're arguing that Act 77, which is a law that made voting by mail without an excuse legal in Pennsylvania, violates the state's constitution. Their lawsuit alleges that the state law is another illegal attempt to override the limitations on absentee voting prescribed in the Pennsylvania Constitution without first following the necessary procedure to amend the Constitution to allow for the expansion. So essentially, the Republicans are saying here that there was certain things that were allowed to have happened and that they should never have been allowed to have happened. Just yesterday, Tuesday, Supreme Court Associate Justice Alito referred the request to the full court, which declined to stop the certification, but gave no reasons. We understand the justices still have another pending election case from Pennsylvania that challenges a ruling by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court extending the deadline for absentee ballots until three days after Election Day and presumed to be timely mailed. That ruling interprets the state's constitution to invalidate a statute that requires mail-in ballots to be received by Election Day. In effect, that ruling was a judicial attempt to rewrite Pennsylvania. As such, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court amended legislation, which is the province of the legislature, not the courts, and in doing so, violated the Pennsylvania state constitution and law. So... Pennsylvania is not over. And this is very, very important because if we don't recognize that something just terrible went on here, and the president says it, Giuliani says it, and others are saying it. We hear Ted Cruz. We're listening to other folks that are really paying attention, and they're saying something is wrong here, people. We've got to stand up when we see that something nefarious is going on, when we see that our constitutional rights are being trampled on and discarded. We've got to do something. And so what will happen here? Now, I spoke last week a little bit to all of you about the state legislators and their power, okay, the power that lies within the state legislator to make that decision to assign or elect its own electors that would essentially vote on behalf of that state. What will happen? We'll have to watch. And again, it's not just Pennsylvania. We're looking at Michigan, Arizona, Wisconsin, of course, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Okay, these are states that we've got to really be, be following. You know, how does something like this happen? I mean, could we have imagined that this would have happened 20 years ago, 10 years ago even? It just seems that the left is about destructing the United States of America. And I think that we're seeing this happen mostly in college campuses and in, quite frankly, it's starting in high schools. 
uh, in elementary schools even. But if we look at the high schools, we see that history is being retaught. People are not understanding. You know, children are being taught. Young adults are being taught that they must accept the fact that America was founded because we stole land from the Native Indians. And so already they're, they're trying to paint a picture in your mind that we are not a legitimate nation because we came in and we stole something that wasn't ours. You know, so if this is starting in college campuses, the younger people and mainstream media that floods their cell phones, which of course so many of us are, are connected to this, the dreaded cell phone, right? Everything on the cell phone, if you go to uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those, of course you're going to see a lot of, a lot of information that's fake news. But the younger people, it's just really uh, solidifying the same talking points that they're hearing in their high schools and now in their colleges, right? So how else is the left destroying America? Well, they're doing it by suppressing our freedom of speech and our freedom of religion. If you look at what happened in Nevada, and this is very sad to me, there's a directive in Nevada that says that massive amounts of people can gather in casinos, but only a certain number of people, I believe it's 50, can gather in a church, even if that church has the capacity to hold hundreds of people. So there's a real attack on religion, and that's something else that we need to be aware of. Let me just read to you a little bit here of what's going on in Nevada, because we know that the Supreme Court on Friday denied the Nevada church's plea that the state's restrictions on houses of worship unlawfully treat them worse than the state's famous casinos. Sadly, the vote was five to four with Chief Justice John Roberts and the court's liberals in the majority. They did not give reason for rejecting the emergency plea. This is from the Calvary, Calvary Chapel, Dayton Valley. This is a church in Dayton, Nevada. But the court's four most consistent conservatives made their objections clear. And I'll read to you what Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote. He says, The world we inhabit today, with a pandemic upon us, poses unusual challenges. But there is no world in which the Constitution permits Nevada to favor Caesar's palace over Calvary Chapel. I mean, we really need to stop and look at society. This is why my father formed AMAC. He saw in 2006 that our nation was suffering from a major, major cultural shift. He thought that there was something very, very wrong that when he grew up as a young boy in the 50s, you'd get in trouble for carrying a pack of cigarettes and wearing a leather jacket. But in the year 2006, one it was celebrated, celebrated to have sex in public with another man, one man having sex with another man, celebrated. He saw what AARP did when AARP nominated Harry Belafonte as man of the year after he had said that George W. Bush was the worst terrorist on the face of the planet. You know, my father saw a major shift when he attended my high school graduation and he said, what's going on here? Why isn't there any kind of prayer? You know, normally we would hear a prayer 
That had been the way it had been for years and years, my older siblings, before graduation day. And that hadn't happened when I graduated high school in 1988. Now I'm showing you my age, but that's the truth. My father said, something's going on here. And it's why he formed AMAC. You know, he said, uh, I believe in the American people. I believe in individual freedom. I believe that before I'm a Republican and even before I'm an American, I'm a child of God. And as a child of God, we need to remember that anything that you seek and set your heart out to do can happen if you have perseverance, if you've got tenacity, if you believe in yourself. And we hear stories, people say, nah, that's impossible, you can't achieve anything, you need money, you need people, you need power. And I disagree with that. My father had very, very little. He grew up very poor. He lived in Belmore. His mother stayed at home and raised five children. He dug his own cesspools in the backyard when they needed to. He put the sh fixed the shingles on his roof. My father did a lot of things. At, at 18, he went off into the military, having just lost his father. I'm sorry, just lost his mother. His father died about 10 years later. So, you know, my father was really a self-made man. And just watching him growing up and seeing how he put his vision, made his vision reality, he put his his thoughts and ideas into motion and into action. So that's why I want to encourage our, our listeners that um, we see something isn't, go isn't right. We see something is wrong with this election. We see that, that the America that we love is slowly each and every day being eroded and chipped away. Uh, the things, traditions, for example, family being most important. We've got to remember family is important. Now here's something that really gets me. We have AOC who actually tweeted a Bible quote. And she essentially was saying that, hey, look, Jesus is for socialism. And she quoted, uh, she misquoted, I, I call it a misquote from the Bible, when she said that Jesus said, uh, you know, do unto others as I have done unto you. And specifically, let, let me read to you the quote that I just, I think that this is all part of manipula manipulation that we're seeing. She says, love thy neighbor. Yeah, we ought to love our neighbor, but it doesn't mean that we disregard self or walk away from our principles or forget the virtues that make this nation great. And this is exactly how they are pitching Medicare for All. Medicare for All is being pitched as a wonderful, kind, and loving thing, a compassionate act. Give free Medicare to everyone. Well, who's going to pay for it? Nothing is free. Absolutely nothing is free. Socialism means the state takes over ownership. If we just look back at uh, Russia, for example, we can see that that socialist and communist state actually said the state owns your children. That can happen. Just look at history. You'll see that it can happen. Socialism imposes high taxes. Who's going to pay for all the promises made? Who's going to pay for your health care? Someone has to pay for it. And if we don't pay for it, then we're leaving our children and our grandchildren with incredible debt. Is that the legacy that we want to leave? Do we want to leave those generations with more and more debt? We're in debt up to our eyeballs. And Donald Trump is smart to recognize China's threat. And China is a whole other conversation that we can talk about next week. 
But we really need to be careful because China has got so much ability and power and control because they own so much of our debt. Here's what AOC tweeted. I was looking for it. She tweeted Matthew 2540 to show that Jesus embraced socialism. She said, truly, I say to you, as, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. She took that quote out of context. She really did. My father would say to me, Rebecca, this is earth and not heaven. Don't ever forget that. It would be wonderful if we could live here on earth as we all wish or imagine heaven might be, with everyone getting more than enough of everything and things coming easy, with equality everywhere, right? But, but life isn't fair. I think we teach our children that. At a very, very young age, if, if they're a two-year-old and they want to play with someone else's toy, we might have to say no. Or if they want to have three lollipops, we might not let them have that third lollipop. Life isn't fair. And so we have to remind ourselves that we can't raise a generation of young people that believe that they can put their hand out and get whatever it is that they want from this government, because that is not what's going to keep America great. A few other things I want to mention before we invite Ben Ferguson on. I mentioned that socialism is a war against the family. Did I mention to you, too, that 43% of Americans, and I'm reading from a Gallup poll, 43% of American, Americans think socialism would be a good thing for our nation. And my question is, why do people think socialism is good? Why are people embracing socialism? What is the reason for that? I said it earlier. I don't think that people are beginning to recognize first and foremost that each one of us does have a calling, and that calling is a greatness that lies within each and every one of us. When you give more power to the government, you take your own control over making choices for your own life and you hand it over to the government. Why are you going to make the opinion of other people? And that's what the government is. It's a body of other people. They're no better than you. Some may be smarter or more knowledgeable than me, but they're certainly no better to make decisions than I am for my life. So why am I going to hand over that power to people? Is it because we want so badly to embrace inclusion is it so badly that we want to make other people, we want to show compassion and inclusion and make that more important than our own constitutional rights? I think so. I think that if you were to ask young people what's more important, including all people, or your, your, your right to free speech, a lot of young people are going to say, I, I'll stand up for inclusion over free speech. And that's the sad truth. And we, we need to understand that before we are Americans, before we are Republicans or Democrats, we are people made and loved by God. And we need to remember that. It's another reason why my father formed AMAC, was his strong belief in God and his understanding that we are one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And we need to fight for that. I don't know why young people embrace socialism. I don't know why AOC has a voice like she does. But I do think that there is some sort of spiritual war perhaps going on. 
There certainly is a manipulation of the mind in young people and now even people, older people, people in my age bracket and even older people that believe that the more they give to others and the less of self, the better they are. But we need to be very, very careful because if we keep going down that path, we are going to give away more and more of our liberties and more and more of our constitutional rights will be stripped away from us only to create a bigger government. Thank you so much for listening today, and I'll be right back with Ben Ferguson. This is your AMAC podcast, Better for America. Today we have Ben Ferguson with us here. Ben Ferguson is a syndicated talk show host. He is also the host of AMAC's Weekly News. Ben Ferguson has also become a personal friend of mine. I'm so happy to have you on the show today here, Ben. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It's great to be with you, and uh, congrats on your new podcast. It's always exciting. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. I'm learning from the very best, Ben. And for those of you who want to listen to Ben, he's got his own great podcast. So definitely check that out. Uh, Ben, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in Texas. We know that there's been a massive lawsuit that has been filed in Texas. Can you share with our listeners what's going on there? Yeah, this is a really important lawsuit that is taking place in Texas. And what Texas has basically said, I'm going to give you the, the, the broad overview is, Uh, One, you states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, uh, you guys have basically done something to disenfranchise our voters in our state. You've undermined the integrity of the election in our state uh, because we did follow the Constitution and you guys didn't. Now, they have three different accusations that they are making, and they have gotten to go directly to the Supreme Court with this because... Uh, when it comes to states suing other states, uh, multiple states, you don't have to go through uh, the court system traditionally like you would with other lawsuits. You can go directly to the Supreme Court of the United States. That's why this is such a significant lawsuit from Texas and the, and the attorney general there uh, who has decided that this is the way they're going to move forward with this. And the first part of their lawsuit is is basically attacking these states saying, look, you guys had people that were not elected officials. You had individuals that were not allowed to change election law, had no authority legally to change election law. And yet, that's exactly what you did, obviously, in the, in the name of COVID-19. You had individuals and health departments that had decided things that would affect the election, and they have never been elected by anyone. In fact, the legislature, the state legislature, you completely left out of the equation. And that is the first core cool point of this of this lawsuit, which I think you're probably going to end up seeing other states do exactly what Texas has done uh, in the way that they're suing. They're going to wait and see what the Supreme Court decides to do, and they'll jump on this bandwagon very quickly. Is Texas is basically saying, we're all in this together, right? We have uniform things that we have decided that we all agree to in the Constitution with the laws of the land to make sure that we have a free and fair election. Because if you cheat in another state, you can disenfranchise and undermine the legal votes that were cast, the legal ballots that were casted in Texas and all over the country. And that's the reason why they're going after these individuals. The second part of this lawsuit, which is also one that's so important for the future, and this lawsuit, for everybody listening, I would, I would want you to think about it from this perspective. This may not have anything to do with the outcome of this election, right? It may be that Joe Biden is the president of the United States of America, and there's nothing we can do to deal with that. But this is going to set precedent for future elections to make sure that what just happened never happens again. So the second point that Texas is making in this lawsuit is not only did you guys violate 
the U.S. Constitution, but you also violated your own state laws, rules, and regulations, as well as the United States Constitution on point number two. And that is that different counties within each state decided how they were going to have their elections differently because of COVID-19. Right. So a ballot that could be valid in one county in the state of Georgia or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania may have been an invalid ballot in the same state, yet in a different county. Unbelievable. And so they're saying that's a second violation of election law, because now you're disenfranchising voters within your own state by having different rules in different areas. It's insane that you could go to one polling place right down the street to the left of your home and your vote would be invalidated there or your mail-in ballot would be invalidated there. Yet that same exact ballot would be a valid ballot if you left your house and went to the right to another polling place or depending on where it's being counted if it's absentee. So that's the second part of their lawsuit, which is extremely important and a significant development. And then finally, there's the third part of this lawsuit. And what they said was, you undermine the election in Texas by, again, going outside of the law and the Constitution and sending out unsolicited either ballots directly, millions of them, or at least sending out millions of people saying, if you want a ballot, fill out this form, which then undermine the integrity of the election nationwide. And, and this is a new approach. This is not being done. I want to make this clear by the Trump legal team. This is a state that is saying what we believe happened in this election is we ran our elections by the law of the land. We didn't have actors, whether it be on purpose or just, you know, negligence that changed election laws. We had uniformity statewide. We didn't have different rules in different counties. And, and we know that our vote count was done in the constitutional way that this country deems appropriate to run a national election. However, you other states did not. And that is infringed upon our vote and the integrity of our vote and the outcome of this vote. Because unless there is a uniform voting behavior nationwide, which the Constitution says we must have, then what you could basically do is you could discredit, discount the votes of people in other states and disenfranchise their vote and the power of their vote by your state having too much power because you decide to run an election a different way. And that is virtually what happened in this election, whether it be in Georgia, in Fulton County, whether it be in Philadelphia, uh, in, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, whether it be in Wisconsin or Michigan. And that's the reason why the state of Texas has decided that this lawsuit is a, such an important lawsuit that the Supreme Court should look at immediately without going any other through any other court system. And I think this is a, a moment where at least what we are going to get out of all these lawsuits is. Yeah, this what is so important. Happened. So important. So important. And, right. And what just happened, we are going to make sure that it never happens again. And Texas is saying, we're going to take the lead on this because basically, how dare you not look at the Constitution, not abide by election laws, make up laws that you don't have the authority and the power to do that's not been granted to you as a public health official or as a county government in the name of COVID-19. And let's be clear, our founding fathers understood duress. They understood when they're writing the Constitution that there can be things that can happen that can that can put people under duress. They, they understood wars and civil wars. They understood fighting. They understood displacement. And they understood cold and they understood plagues. And they made it clear that none of those reasons were reasons that were valid to change how we do an election. So why did you believe that you could do it now under COVID-19 
when our founding fathers clearly understood plagues and they clearly understood election uh, integrity. And they said, these are the rules. There is no exceptions to these rules. This is how it's going to be done. This is how we've always done it. How we will always do it forever and ever. Amen. And yet these local non-elected officials, these health departments and liberals decided they could just make up new election law based on COVID-19. They saw an opportunity to change fundamentally how we vote. And what Texas is saying is that is not valid and it should never be allowed to happen again. Yeah, thank you, Ben. This is great news, really, to hear that Texas is doing this because it's precisely what I think all the states should be doing. You're absolutely right. This is absolutely very, very important. Uh, You know, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of patience. Uh, People are saying time is running out. You know, I'm curious, Ben, I think our listeners are too. What do you think are the, the, the chances are that, that, that Donald Trump indeed may still uh, be, be reelected as our president? Uh, a lot of people are thinking at this point that it's getting very late, that the electors uh, you know, are coming up to some deadline. We know what's happening in Pennsylvania. We understand that Ted Cruz has agreed to take uh, to, to defend that, um, that uh, argument if it Case does if go it to the Supreme yes, Court. Yes, if it yeah. goes to the Supreme Court. And, you know, as Mark Levin said uh, just on Sunday night, I was watching his show. He was saying 14 months ago, none of this would have been, none of these, these ballots would have been considered legal or acceptable. And here, as you've pointed out, Ben, we had non elected folks that changed the law uh, saying, no, we're going to accept these ballots. Good for Texas for standing up for all of us because they are really representing all of America. But what is your, what is your, what are your feelings on, on where this might might be headed? Yeah, I, I always say this. I am not a cheerleader, and there's many people that gain fans uh, in by cheerleading and telling people what they want to hear. That's just something I've always said I will never do. Good for you. When it comes to elections, I look at the I look at the facts, and it's easy to play uh, and get people fired up and tell them that there's there's this you know we're going to overturn this and this is going to change and get more followers on Facebook and Twitter and social media and podcast downloads. That's not my job. Uh, I'm always honest with people that ask me in my audience, and I say, look, the reality is right now where we stand, uh, it's probably less than a 5% chance. Uh, I would say now probably 1% or 2% chance that Donald Trump uh, would somehow be able to overdo, uh, undo or overturn what just happened. When I say undo, I'm talking about the, what I truly believe was election fraud. I do believe there was election fraud. Sure. Uh, I do believe there was corruption. Is there enough to overchange the election? I, I don't know. And I'm not sure we'll ever know because it's hard to undo once these ballots have been counted and once these ballots have been run through machines in the middle of the night and these suitcases of ballots that we see come out from under tables on video. Mm -hmm. We do know what happened. The question is, how many of them were there? And can you find those and take those out from other ballots that were legal and lawful ballots? Uh, I don't believe we have enough time to do that. And And again, I think this is about saving the integrity of the elections moving forward. And even if you if you listen to the president over the weekend and his kind of long address he did to the country, but really to supporters, I think he's even coming around to the reality now that he's probably not going to win this, that Joe Biden's going to be the next president of the United States of America. But what he's encouraging me to do is remember how important Georgia is right now. And you better get involved in Georgia because oh, yeah. Georgia is all that matters right now in my mind. If, if we lose Georgia, we're screwed. If we lose, sorry for being blunt, but it's the truth. You're going sure. to see incredibly high taxes. You're going to see a massive gun control. You're going to see socialized medicine. You're going to see uh, gas prices go to four or five dollars a gallon. You're going to see one of the largest tax hikes in the history of this country ever. 
Uh, you're going to see the Green New Deal come in. You're going to be see people forced to close their businesses uh, that are done in ways the government says you can't do it. They're going to suffocate other businesses that they don't like. They're going to pick winners and losers uh, when it comes to fracking and, and, and energy sector. Uh, and it's going to absolutely destroy manufacturing yet again in this country uh, and send it overseas. So if, if people want to know what to focus on, right now it's to focus on Georgia. That's everything at this exact moment. It sure is. We're urging our our members in Georgia, nearly 80,000 AMAC members in Georgia, to get out and vote. So very important because it is the difference between uh, moving truly America towards socialism, socialism, which we know is not good, uh, for all of the reasons that you've just listed, or preserving the great America that we have. We know that 73 million Americans or more voted for Donald Trump, more than any other president, certainly more than any other Republican president, Uh, And it is just so important that we ensure that the future of our country, future elections, so important that this kind of stuff doesn't go on again. It truly is crazy. It's it's mind blowing to see what's gone on and uh, really how difficult it is for uh, Trump's legal team to really nail it down and say, hey, look, this is what we've got. Uh, we know the Dominion voting systems are very vulnerable. People can hack into those systems. We've seen how it's done. Uh, I'm just very glad to hear what's going on in Texas. Glad to hear that they're speaking out. We've got some courageous people there that are standing up and saying, wait a minute. Um, what happened in these other states affects the vote of all Americans because, as you said, you know, one, one ballot accepted uh, you know, in this county, but yet the same, same ballot not accepted in another. Uh, we can't let that happen. The future of our country no, uh, is at stake. It, it is at stake. And I think if there's anything that people need to understand about this election is it, it, it has to be a mentality of never, ever, ever allow this to happen again. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about um, how to defend our vote. And I think that's so important. I also don't believe that anyone ever would have imagined the scenario that we were in. So therefore, there was no precedent on how to deal with it. Right. There was no way to know how to actually deal with what they were doing and to stop it when you've never had to fight it before. We now know what they're going to try to do moving forward. And it's our job now uh, to become prepared, well equipped to make sure that you can't do this moving forward. And that's what these legal battles are, are about. And really, that's why these legal battles are worth fighting. That's right. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. And to our listeners, we have to remind ourselves that we've got to fight for what is right. To not fight is to be complacent. We cannot let other people think for us. And it's just not noble to let the opinions of other people like mainstream media become more important than our own. Ben Ferguson, thank you so much for joining me today on AMAX podcast. And I look forward to having you back with us again. Thank you for listening to the Better for America podcast. To learn more about AMAC and all it has to offer, visit us at www.amac.us.